almost can't bring us in because I'm dancing so much. But welcome, I will try, to Bottled Up Friends, a wine podcast of sorts where we yeah, are getting down with the flamenques. <laughs> I think the kids call it. I am Jen Waring, uh, and I'm here with... With me, Sean Linehan. Woohoo! We're here together, uh, and we are talking tonight. It is chilly. It is chilly when we record. Valentine's Day just happened. We're all ready for Fat Tuesday tomorrow. And what better time to talk about Spanish reds. And as they say in Spain, Sean, friends and wine should be old. And I know I feel 40 years older than I did last year at this time. So (laughs) that's a very appropriate. I feel like those old Spanish proverbs were correct. <laughs> In fact, I feel 40 years older than the wine we're about to drink. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I wish I had known that Spanish proverb. I'm actually, my family is Spanish, and my grandpa never said stuff like that to me. It was what always, hey, jerk. shut up, kid. <laughs> um, you know, what's funny is the Spanish proverb right after that one was, hey, shut up, kid. And then it was kids and wine should be bottled up and corked. And I was like, shoved in the cupboard under the stairs. Got weird. And then I just closed the browser (laughs) before I got some sort of computer virus. Anyway, welcome. How are you, Sean? Hanging in there. You know, it's a little chilly, but Valentine's Day has come and gone. We did some uh, serious drinking last night. Did a whole flight of many things. Oh, my God. How are you doing? I did a whole flight of Whitman sampler like a good person. <laughs> um, yeah, it used to be that it, you had to wait until, well, today for uh, today, the day where we're recording the 15th of February for your your Whitman samplers and your Russell Stover hearts to go on sale. But not anymore. I mean, they literally put it out with Easter candy and the next day it's on sale. And that was in January, I think. So yeah, pretty, pretty sure the Russell Stovers that we got, are they're, they're already gray and crusty. Oh, yeah. No, my Whitman sampler, first of all, um, it was $4.99, and I was like, oh, my okay. God, it's so cheap this year. How great. Um, second of all, it's so cheap because it was 90% plastic insert and, like, seven chocolates. That's, you know. Suck on that, Whitman. Packaging is, it's gone downhill in the uh, the mass-produced chocolate market. Right. It's, really not, it's not the it's, same. It's not a chocolate I normally eat, so I'm not going to be that mad about it for that long. But right this second, I'm annoyed. Did your sampler pack have uh, have a cherry cordial in it? Nope. Mine neither, and I am distraught. Those are gone. And I have to to say, not only did it not have Jerry Cordell, it didn't have the gross strawberry one that I usually spit out either. So Uh, wins and loses. uh, My my packaging with the little slip that tells you what vaguely shaped chocolate represents, you know, um, (laughs) it tells me I have a strawberry cream, but I can't can't find it when I'm looking at at the key, at the Rosetta Stone of chocolates, Mm -hmm, and I'm looking mm -hmm. at the plastic dividing box. I, I can't find the strawberry cream uh and i'm not upset about it <laughs> yeah no i think it's fa- I, I i think that's fine i just um last year at this time i was uh still had my office job and my um one of my coworkers got roses for Ooh. valentine's day or got a box i take that back got a box of roses and of course everybody was like standing up open office plan like oh look what she got yay what's in the box and she opened the box and there was nothing in the box <gasps> which i thought was the greatest joke ever but turns out uh, the florist literally forgot to put flowers in. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Because then three oh. days later, there was 
Well, there was there was a box of chocolates in the box, but there was no flowers. So I was like, well, you can't eat those chocolates. It's bad luck, which is not a thing, but it made it <laughs> OK for me to eat all of her Valentine's Day chocolate. Yeah. And uh, and yeah. And that I mean, I was I took a picture because I was so like, how cute you got flowers like she just got engaged. I was like, can you imagine if you had just had a conversation with your beloved in which the conversation was like, it's over and then you get this box and it's empty? Would you not throw yourself out of the office window? Like oh, I would yeah. have literally just turned around and jumped. I would have stepped over the morning dove that used to live on the ledge and just called it a day. I would have I would have done that with like phone in hand. Right. I'm jumping. Bye. Yeah. All like, all before checking in with one eight hundred flowers.com. Fuck those guys. But anyway. Well, on the topic but, of red things. <laughs> I was gonna say, on the topic of fuck those guys, let's get back to Spain, shall we? Fuck um, those guys. Uh so over in Spain. Oh, fancy. Spain, yeah. Um, there's a Spain. Let's start in the beginning here. Spain's one of those top <laughs> producing regions. Like, yes, it's one, I was like, like whoa, France, where Italy, were you Spain. going with that sentence? I don't know. I, <laughs> okay. I got sidetracked. Um, yeah, Spain is number three in every chart that I looked at. It is. Uh, for a brief minute in, in 2013, um, they were number one in the world <gasps> for wine production. They are still number one in the world in terms of uh, acres under vine. So there's more Very grapes exciting. and vines grown in Spain, but they produce less wine. And they kind of trade back and forth with Italy over who's, who's Slackers. most. And one of those most important regions in Spain is the one everybody's heard of is Rioja. Yeah, I, come on. Everybody knows. Like, oh, Spanish wine, you, you're drinking Rioja. Sure. So that's what we went and got ourselves today when we, we walked into it's, our, our local It's very store. cute. Um, it's a very cute uh, label. Mm-hmm. And I did Google the, the vineyard, and it's, um, it's a natural vignette with iconic elements for El Coto de Rioja. Uh, the engraving includes the deer that receives visitors at the entrance to the winery oh, or the oh, monastery of Imez. You can see it. There's a little monastery in the background of the etching yep. there. I see and, that. Uh, and yeah, and then apparently that deer works the... Um, the, he's like the Walmart greeter of this particular vineyard. Welcome to the vineyard. Have some wine. Don't he's steal like, batteries. Aisle seven is the lady <laughs> supplies. Um, but yeah, I can't imagine that deer is all the is all the time at the entrance. But okay, sure. But it is it is from El Coto. El Coto, C O T O. Yeah, that's yeah, that's probably good to spell. Um, um, yeah, and it's lovely. It's a lovely real high. It was what eleven ninety nine. Twelve ninety nine. Uh, I believe it was it was eleven eleven or twelve ninety nine. Um, yeah, at, here in New York, and so that's a markup for a lot of places. From um, seven ninety nine, according to most websites. But you can get websites. really good, really uh, nice value red wine from Spain. It's an underrated market, um, and they produce just some really fantastic stuff. This one, um, it's a Crianza. It's a twenty sixteen Crianza Rioja. Crianza means it's kind of the youngest Rioja that they can put on market. Um, it's a it's, baby Rioja. It's a baby Rioja. That means it's been aged for a minimum of 12 years. 12 years. <laughs> 12 <Wow>. months. <laughs> 12 months, not years, in oak. Uh, I was and like, then, that's a baby SVU episode. What are you doing? <laughs> and then further aged in the bottle. It has to be aged by law for 24 months. And 12 of those months have to be in oak at a minimum. So this could that's be- like one of those weird laws, like somewhere in the South, it's like illegal to have ice cream cones on a Sunday. It's one of those laws. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. those are just fun. 
I enjoy those. Um, but this Thanks. this one is following the laws and it, it got a commendation in the International Wine Challenge. It got a gold medal in the Mundus Vini competition. Ooh, the Mundus Vini. And I think it's the perfect wine uh, to celebrate uh, Ash Wednesday. Uh, happy Ash Wednesday, everyone. It is the day you'll be listening to this. Um, or should we call it Ash Wednesday? Ash Wednesday. Uh, That's what Jesus would have wanted. We're all supposed to be fasting and in prayer and abstinence. Right. On Wednesday, right. But I think I will just abstain from uh, not drinking. You know what's funny uh, that you say that as you struggle to open your cork? It's uh, open. Is, oh, good work. Is, uh, you know, for, for those of us that were raised Catholic, um, you know, Sean and I both were. And we, we spent some time looking for a uh, wine that would celebrate <laughs> Ash Wednesday. Something full-bodied. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh like, like the blood of Christ. It's Anyway, uh, terrible. If going down, straight to hell. on this cross. I've been told that since I was like eight. Uh, anyway, but the um, uh, Lent, Ash Wednesday kicks off the Lenten season where you are supposed to give up something for the Lord uh, for 40 days as he gave up everything uh, and eat fish on Fridays just like he did in the desert. Um, uh, my brother used to try and give up Brussels sprouts every year, which is a thing he hates. Um, and I, about eight years ago, even though could care less about actual Lent. Of, yeah. Yeah. But there was there's something about giving up. So I started giving, not giving, like I started doing double negatives for Lent for no reason. No one cares. No one's ever asked. But like I would give up not going to the gym. Okay. Right. I mean, I'm not not this year, but other years. Yeah, no, because this year I don't COVID. care. I well, even if it was open, I'd probably not go. <laughs> I'd still not go. Anyway, one year we did gratitude. I made like right after my divorce. I made like. <laughs> A bunch of my friends. I made my disciples um, <laughs> join a, uh, an email chain of daily gratitudes to stop Oof. me from basically offing myself. So everybody did it because they were worried. So it was nice, but I still have them. It's fun. Anyway, oh, that's sweet. It's something you can hold on anyway, to. Anyway, body and blood of Christ, Sean. Body and blood. Here we Amen. go. It's nice. Uh, so this is Crianza Rioja, uh, 24. Uh, 12 months in American oak, new American oak, and American oak <gasps> imparts a bigger, bolder, oakier flavor than French oak. See, and they say Americans can't get jobs. That's right. Um, okay. I just noticed that my wine glass is cracked, but uh -oh. I will live. I mean, I'll just drink out of the other side. What am I, an animal? Okay. <laughs> it smells really nice. I got um, some of that blackberry and cherry. Yeah. Kind of smell. Um, and then you've got that spicy oakiness behind it. Yeah. It's Even very... If you just do like a, like you don't really drink, you just sort of like, like breathe it in, like like our friend Nadia from British Bake Off we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. She always says her kids when she sifts confectioner sugar, um, her kids always come to breathe it in the kitchen, which is the <laughs> cutest thing ever. But like, just, if you just mainlining sugar, right? But if you just if you just breathe the air of this wine, it feels very dry. I mean, I didn't drink it yet. I'm just breathing it. Mm -hmm. I'm drinking. I'm like a vampire because they can't okay. drink and stuff. It is dry. It's a pretty dry wine. Um, but it's not. Hmm. It's. It, it is tannic. It has a, a, a tight structure in your mouth. But yeah. It could uh, it, it would definitely benefit from food, but it's not undrinkable. This is perfectly. No, no, no. Drinkable no, on I, its own. Oh, my God. It's still quite delicious. It's got. Yeah. Um, 
It's got a little like. Hold on, I'm bad at this game. <laughs> I didn't say you're bad at you. You're pretty good. You pick out stuff every week. Yeah, no, I said I was bad at. I don't need anybody's help putting myself down, Sean. God damn it! <laughs> it's the one thing I'm perfectly good at all by myself. It almost has like tomato something going on. Does that make sense? It's got like a weird, like earthy acid happening. Yeah, there's definitely. And I'm just an picking tomato, to it, and I think that kind of tied in with the. So you've got that soil kind of taste to it, and that tied in with the bright acid and kind of red vegetal fruity taste um gives you tomatoes yeah i I mean this um i found one description not of this wine but of just in general uh tempranillo tempranillo i can't talk now now that i'm all tied up and tongue-tied but Mm -hmm. um i enjoyed that they use the phrase it's a bit rubbery in front of a smacking palate that's tight and racy okay Listen that's to an, that. That is an interesting description of Tempranillo. We Plum should point out that a- and berry aromas bit rubbery in front with a smacking <laughs> okay. palate that's tight and racy. That also sounds a little bit like an S&M club, right? A little bit. And a little bit like somebody was had, had a thesaurus when they were writing a description. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, 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 I mean, it, it is tight in structure. There, it, it doesn't open up into a bright fullness right away in yeah, your mouth. Yeah, no. And I think, uh, and I think we'll talk about this maybe towards the end of the episode, um, this is going to do really well if it sits open in the air for a while. And, yeah. Like, if we had decanted this, this would yes. be a good candidate for decanting. Ooh. Sean, let's talk about decanting for a moment, because sure. I feel like we haven't even brought it up It's true. Previously. We have not really talked about decanting. Um... Uh, not because we decant, <laughs> we, ah. we, de- we decan, we, oh, we decall. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no, the, uh, I like when, I like when my decant jokes have music. Um, uh, but the, enough. yeah, no, the, uh, so I just think like, you know, not all wines need to be decanted. Sure. Uh, in fact, so probably most, a, a good amount of wines could benefit from some decanting. Anything that's a bolder, fuller body wine, even a medium body wine, um, will do better it when it's decanted and exposed to air. Uh, generally like your, reds, no? Generally reds. Um, your full body whites are good to decant. Um, or if you pull something out of, say, a wine fridge or a cellar, and you're trying to get it up to room temperature. Faster. Faster. If you decant it, obviously it'll warm up faster. Yeah, good point, good point. And that's a that's a good thing to do. Or if you have like if you gargle it and spit it back in, it'll yes, warm up faster. If you mommy bird this, it, yeah, this is a lesser known technique. I just want to introduce to the world uh, <laughs> the gargle and spit. Yep, yep. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say, like you generally for Beaujolais or Gamay or even Grenache or something like that, those lighter body, super fruity wines, you don't really want to decant them. But there's always exceptions. Uh, for my birthday a couple of years ago over uh, at the bar Terroir downtown, um, they brought out a Beaujolais that was just so funky and so weird. We decanted <laughs> it like three or four times. Oh, wow. Like, the Do you know why? It's because, it's because where it was stored in the Terroir started to <laughs> affect 
So you were getting flavors of like the village, I assume, or perhaps sure. <laughs> early New York when it was all gangs and Daniel yeah, when Day it was Lewis, all gangs and it was right? uh, this was a bottle down underground in the five points. No, yes, it's, it's yeah, because yeah. it was funky winemaking. Okay, or it, different. It, yeah, it had a very that. reductive quality <laughs> that needed a bit of air, and since we wanted to drink it right then, the song was gracious enough to decant it three separate times. Listen, some things just need a bit of air to yeah. do better. Right. Air helps. It, it breaks up the tannins a little bit. It softens the alcohol. The oxygen starts to interact with all those fun proteins and acids and things that we've talked about in past episodes and, and shape the wine. So I think let's take a little break, come back and have a sip and see if we can pick out some more, uh, some more flavors and profiles in this. Yeah. Okay. Cool. See you in a minute. Okay. Bye. Okay, and we're back. Our wine we're has back. been sitting out for a little bit here. Uh, I mean, we around. weren't gone for like an hour and a half, everybody. Like, I, I don't want to like give away the secrets, but oh. it was like three minutes. It was like three minutes of us jabbing on Zoom. Yeah. So about onesies. So maybe <laughs> next time we don't. Best. Maybe we don't take a break. Maybe we just include the people in our behind the scenes <laughs> conversations. No, we wanted you to be able to make sure that your wine was poured in a glass that say didn't have a cracking it from where you violently did the dishes earlier apparently uh yeah well you know sometimes you got those those stubborn stains <laughs> um mama gets white white okay sorry yeah exactly uh, <laughs> i mean well normally i drink only pure ink out of my wine glasses so it's hard to get off before you put wine in there uh it's funny you talked about cha- uh, the glass i actually went ahead and changed my wine glass uh, I was drinking out of our form of patented. an ice block. <laughs> Ooh, ice lose shots. <laughs> uh, I was drinking out of our bottled up merch glass, uh, patent pending. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I decided it, it was a little too narrow, a little too uh, close. So I wanted to switch to a big Bordeaux style glass to really aerate this and see if we can get some more into it. I just cracked a bigger chip in my glass. You guys just to get a little <laughs> more air in there. That's what I went with as just, an answer bit right into it right yeah so if i scream in the next couple minutes you'll all know why you don't even have to see that i'm just bleeding from the face it'll be fun what do you think different now sean's also been doing a lot of swirling listeners you can't see it but that's there's been a lot of swirling it's definitely opened up a little bit it's still got a really tight tannic structure but the acids have mellowed a little bit and i'm getting a lot more of that kind of black cherry flavor yeah it hasn't quite moved to the label mentions raspberries and i'm not there yet okay i could see that in there it's yeah it's definitely still a, it needs a bit more air before we're gonna get into that fruit yeah. but what i am i'm getting a lot of the kind of spiciness that you yeah. get from that oak there's a lot of that kind of cinnamon and baking spice black pepper in there yep no nope, definitely that with neat. with like a with like a dark cherry or um yeah or a plum, perhaps. Oh, plum. Yeah, I could see with plum. Like a like dark, an underripe like, plum. Yeah, I was going to say, like the one you bite in that you go, oh, man, I should have waited like one more day. One more day. One day more. Um, one plum more. Yeah, I, I sing a lot of Les Mis to my plums. That's uh, how I turn them into <laughs> Yo, prunes. Yo, I sing to my plums, too. <laughs> Listen, that's how they shrivel. <laughs> that's yeah, how they was cold. That's what happens. Okay, but let's talk about this this uh, this Tempranillo stuff. Sure. Right? Yeah, we didn't mention in the first segment, but this El Coto Rioja is 100% Tempranillo. Rioja is almost always Tempranillo, but sometimes they mix in some other things to uh, 
This one is not. This is just Tempranillo, which is the most important grape for the Rioja region. Uh, Yeah, it's one of the nine, right? It's one of the nine. Yeah, this is one of those... Those uh, nine companions. <laughs> These grapes shall form the Lord of the, the the Fellowship of the Rings. Well, I think actually the uh, the four. I'm bringing up the Lord of the Rings in every episode. I just uh, want everyone to, this to as stay a goal. with um, me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nine companions follows us on the Instagram, which you all should uh, at bottle yeah. underscore up underscore podcast. Well played. You may have noticed uh, Jen has another podcast called Taking You Back, and on BD on Valentine's Day. She posted a fantastic, fantastic video that ties directly into the Lord of the Rings. I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, I mean, it was a reenactment of real things that happened in 2003. Uh, I mean, I just played myself. I played my younger self. And uh, I may have involved some Lord of the Rings and wine. I, mur- I, I married two of my favorite things. I, Time I, travel, Lord of the Rings, and wine. That's two of my favorite things. <laughs> And math. Apparently, you married. As you say, note that counting is none of my favorite things. Also, I am often late. Uh, unlike that's not true. I just that was the best I could do for a segue, kids. That's a good segue. Uh, thank you. Uh, Tempranillo comes from the Spanish temprano, which means early. This is a fun. I like to now. I like to know. We had the black pine cone. We had the place of thistles. This one comes from the word early because these grapes ripen earlier than other other red grapes. Than other native grapes. Yeah, than the Bilbao and other uh, Spanish red grapes. And that's perfect because you've got this incredibly dry, arid uh, the northwest of Spain is, you know, it's warm, it's sunny, it's beautiful. You got the mountains blocking the cool air that would be coming from the North Atlantic down. Uh, and you get these grapes that ripen early and they'll sit in the sun and they build up those sugars, mm. which is why when you make the wine, you get 14.5% alcohol. This is probably Bring the heaviest it. hitter that we've had in our... Uh, in in our many episodes now. I love it. It's all, you know, listen, I love being able to picture, you know, apparently the, the foliage, the, these particular leaves turn bright red in the fall on like most grape leaves. So that's gotta be super pretty too. Yeah. Um, so as you're sitting there and you're drinking your 14% wine, <laughs> staring at the leaves, sorry, 14.5. Listen, we just talked about math, Sean. Why do you have to point it out again? <laughs> like I'm an idiot here. Um, and of course, while most um, Tempranillo is, is red there is one apparently white mutation sean um there is i don't actually know much about it um here's what i know get ready go for it it's one sentence no um it's called uh wait for it you might be surprised by the name tempranillo blanco (laughs) tempranillo Um, blanco i bet and it is officially authorized by the blancos uh, for use in white Rioja. It has a similar growing cycle, uh, faces the same growing challenges. It's just a grape of a different color, like the horse in Wizard of Oz. Like the horse in the Wizard of Oz. Which yeah. they use jello to turn color. So maybe they put a bunch of white jello on these grapes and they're lying. We're painting the roses red. We're painting the roses red or <laughs> no, white in this go ahead case. And say they're, they're not lying. <laughs> they're lying, Sean. Spain has some pretty... Es verdad. (laughs) No, no es verdad. No es verdad. No, but it's... Listen, don't lie about my Crianza. 
why would I ever lie about your Crianza? I don't even know what a Crianza is, Sean. It's on the label. I just picked a word. <laughs> I don't know what well, that means. Then we should we should talk about why it's on the label. All right, what does it mean? Because so now we, I feel dumb. We talked about it briefly in segment one there. So in with Rioja, with Spain in general, they've got pretty strict rules on, on how you can label wine. Uh, and to be a Crianza, it has to be aged a certain time in oak and so on and so on. Moving up into Rioja, they have even stricter laws. Wow. So there are three categories, and that's Crianza, Reserva, uh, and Grand Reserva. And that's the grandma. That's the grandma. <laughs> and Crianza has to be aged for a total of 24 months, a minimum uh, 12 of which have to be on oak. And Reserva has to be 36 months, uh, a minimum I think it's a 12, 24, have to be. Spaniards, I hope you have your pencils out. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 36 months total aging with 12 of those being uh, in on oak. And then for Grand Reserva, you're looking even further. Uh, for Grand Reserva, it's 60, 60 months total of wow. aging before it can be released to the public. Kids, and- that's five years. Screw you and you're on bad at math. <laughs> And uh, two years of that have to be in the barrel. Wow. Minimum. Like, they could do the whole 60 the whole months time. if they wanted to, but they don't, they, they don't have to. Uh, so I've watched a lot of Law & Order today, um, season two. It's right when Ice-T gets in. It doesn't matter. But uh, <laughs> So, you know, this is like your maximum offender, but who does sometime probation. Yeah, exactly. Right? They might do all five years in the big house, but they might get probation. So this would be a, a really interesting wine to do a horizontal How would Stabler age this? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Stabler would break the bottle on the table. Yeah, you break it out and kill a perp. And kill the perp. And you're not going to let him walk again. And then Ice-T would say something clever like, let's not cry over these spilled grapes. And then his daughter would be like, but dad. And it would be a dun, mess. Dun. So <laughs> Sam Watterson would take over and the wow. episode becomes a lot less fun. I was like, that's a different season um yeah no that so i would assume also if you're doing this horizontal tasting as you mentioned it which is how i drink most of my wine folks horizontally <laughs> i on start my, vertically and i end on my sofa as jesus intended uh but the i assume it also changes the price range yes obviously uh aging thing oak is expensive and keeping something for a long time is expensive. So as you go up in Reserva and Grand Reserva, it becomes much more expensive. So if you're looking for value Spanish wine, you're looking for Crianza in Rioja. That's a good way. So that's why it's on the label, kids. That's why it's on the label. So when you're walking through the wine store and you get to the section that says Espain. Espain. That's Espen. my favorite. Um, you'll, you'll see Crianza and you'll see Reserva and you'll see that written on all the wines, not just uh, Rioja wines, but like things from Ribera d'Oro, Rias Pachas, or, uh, you know, other areas in Spain. Rioja has the strictest uh, aging requirements of the whole country. Rioja is like Hollywood, but backwards, because things get worth more as they get older, (laughs) as opposed to Hollywood, where 18-year-olds are playing Grand Reservas. Exactly. hate it when they do that it's I'm so like, strange when you when they look so young i mean also women just look younger in general but like when somebody looks so young that you're you're imdb their age because you're like 
Yep. Nope. She's only four years older than the actress <laughs> playing her granddaughter. How is that possible? And yet in the same show, you've got a 24 year old man playing the 16 year old captain of the football team. Right. Totally. Like, totally. None of it makes any sense. <laughs> Zero sense is made. Uh, I may have watched all of the Ocean's movies, Ocean's 11, Ocean's 12, oh, Ocean's sure, 13, sure. really recently. And so this is all very much in my head because they, well, they there's only one ages in there. Yeah, and I feel like there's only like one chick allowed in each one of those movies anyway. So it yeah, doesn't Julia matter. Roberts. Yeah, that's it. And then yeah. I feel like there's isn't there somebody else in the later ones? No. Yeah. I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen it. But yeah, no, they only listen, one lady per movie and she's got, can't be older than 40 and she can't look older than 30, but she's better be prepared to pay a grandma. <laughs> that's These are the official rules. If you actually These uh, are the rules. You think that the Rioja rules in Spain are tight. Yeah. Go I got you tight rules right here. These are real. These are real rules. Sean's doing some more swirling. I'm I have to say, that. it's got very pretty legs. It does. It, it's, they're, they're thick, but they're quick. Yeah, that was my nickname in high school. <laughs> good, good old Chan, thick and quick wearing. That's what oh, the no. kids called me. That's not a real thing, mother. <laughs> in case my mother decides to listen to this episode first. <laughs> that's not true. It is actually opening. Like I'm going to use the phrase opening up. Like That's a phrase I use all the time. As opposed to when I was just so. thick and quick in high school. But the um, <laughs> no, but it is opening up nicely. It is a different wine than we took a sip of. Yeah. 40 minutes ago. Like, it doesn't make me pucker when I drink it now. Mm-hmm. When that, that first sip straight out of the bottle, the tannins felt like they were crystallizing on my teeth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, but my teeth were purpler for a hot Now, uh, I am getting a little bit of that raspberry. A little bit I of am. Yeah, that's it's nice. It's a nice. The, the berries are happening. And then on the nose, there's this interesting kind of smell that's developed. It's like almost like cedar chips. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I think that's, that's really cool. That like, Enough of the alcohol is burned off now that we're not searing the inside of our nose. <laughs> I do prefer not to sear <laughs> the innards of my person. That seems uh, Just bad. the outards. Just the, yeah, fine, that's fine. That's different. Yeah, sear the um, outards. Outards? Outards? Sure. When, if there's innards, there should be outards. That's just grammar it just comes to reason it's um, got a nice i don't know what i'm getting when i smell it maybe it is cedar there's a new there's a new scent there's a new scent coming on and i don't know what it is a new scent by rioja available <laughs> at macy's and the friends and family discount <laughs> all right i think we should take at the holidays break. you get a nice box set it's got a tiny glass Ooh. of wine it's got the cologne it's nice uh, Estee Lauder, you need to call us. I think we're onto something here. Estee Lauder, if you sold wine with a face cream, I would still buy that shit. Or, or our our friend uh, Ethan Steinman with Artistic Finance, he wants us to make our own wine. What if we did perfume? What if we did wine and perfume somehow using? I once had a um <laughs> a cauliflower dish at a Greek restaurant <laughs> in which the the conceit of it was that they used every part of the cauliflower. Like they used the cauliflower yeah. to almost make like a risotto and then they even like fried the leaves uh-huh. to make like a wilty crisp on top. It, it was outstanding. My idea similar. What if we did that but with grapes? We somehow use some of the grape to make wine. We use some to make a skin cream. Maybe we use the vines to make a pocketbook. I don't know, but we, we've, we've done all the things. We'll take a break. We'll, we'll think about it. We'll think about it. Sean is stunned, and that's fine. I've stunned him with my idea. Yeah, because uh, usually the leftovers from wine get made into livestock feed. 
Okay, well, we're not going to, we're going to do something different because cows don't need this. They don't. We, you know who needs this? We need this. And I think we should take a minute to step away and go get some of this. Yeah. (laughs) And we'll be back in a few to wrap up our talk about Tempranillo. Oh my gosh. Welcome back, fans. We're here. I have chipped away at almost my whole glass and I'm just basically drinking out of the stem at this point. It's it's really impressive. Thank you. you Thank you. I'm getting literally a drip at a time so that I don't cut my face up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, But uh, yeah, we're so we're we're still very much enjoying, um, you know, our break was three whole minutes. Yours was three seconds, but we're very much enjoying our El Coto Rioja. Listen, it's very nice. Yeah, Spain makes a nice wine. You know, there's a reason they're number three in the world, and there's a reason that they make so they plant so many grapes because they're good at it. And I have to say, this is the funnest um, wine we've done so far because every time I've taken a sip, listen, it's a different wine. When you're out and you're drinking, you're not paying attention. You're drinking. You're staring at the cute people. Remember when you could go out and stare at cute oh, people man. or remember talk to the bartender? People? I don't remember or cute like people. Or like joke with people. Like you could do the things. You did the things out with the people. And we can't do that anymore. But uh, you weren't maybe paying attention. But now, you know, say when you should be paying attention, like when you're hosting a wine podcast, <laughs> every sip of this wine has been different. Like I'm now getting a slight, slight, Sean. Okay in case you're going to yell at me about this, we're moving towards almost a port smell for me yeah, you're, on the you're, nose. You're getting a lot more of the oak. Yeah. So, I and, mean, and with port, you're, you get a lot of that because it lives for so long yeah. in oak and it really takes on those. Vanilla. And it's uh, same grape. Uh, it in can Spain? be the same grape. Yeah. Not always, but yes, but you're Yeah. So like it's moving towards that, like warming full, open it's we're open now it now it feels like a warm hug yeah just in the nose before you even get it in your mouth you're like this glass is hugging me it is which it's might much... explain the cracks <laughs> it, it it does open up in your mouth quite a bit and it's a lot fuller it, it fills you're getting all the flavors all the taste it's you nice. know, maybe if if we hadn't opened this live but if we had decanted we wouldn't have had to experience and now for people journey. new to decanting Sure. Uh, I like that we experienced the journey. So I'm, I did too. I'm it was fun. Perfectly pleased with our journey. But for people who want to, you know, maybe do it differently and decant from the start, but perhaps have never decanted, can I just decant in a ball jar, Sean, or say my blender? I mean, or... What you want, it, don't go for the blender. If you go okay, on the fair. YouTubes, you can find videos of like really snooty psalms decanting in a blender. Okay. Um, if you go on the YouTube, you can find videos of whatever you're looking for, people. That's also true. So stay away. Um, don't do it you want for a red wine like this for a a high tannin big bodied red wine you want a something that is going to provide as much surface area contact with air so uh my my red wine decanter um kind of looks like an upside down t beautiful yeah i I feel like most people have seen them it's like It's like if you were putting in a vase something with a huge root structure. Exactly. Um, you decided to vase it instead of go plant it outside like a normal human. It just has a huge, it's got, it, it would be wearing apple bottom jeans. Exactly. You want, you want the full. Perhaps flare. not boots with the fur. You want the flare. Yeah. Because uh, that'll allow the oxygen and the air to interact with the wine more readily. I mean, you can, if you want, if you've got a big ball jar, if you've got a 750 milliliter ball jar, Go for it, but it's not. 
going to be. No, because it's that's a straight. No, this one. We listen. I like big bottom decanters and I cannot lie. You other wine nerds. Can't Can't deny. deny. But uh, on the flip side, if you're when a wine walks in with an itty bitty waist. okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. I'm sorry. But yeah, you want. Listen, you want your decanter. It's upside down because to look like it has a big butt. (laughs) Get it. But if you're decanting something uh, because it's old or maybe it has a lot of sediment in it, you want a, a, a much narrower uh, vessel. Because and a coffee filter. And a co- coffee filters do help. Uh, traditionally, you can also just candle it when you see the sediment start to flow into the neck of the bottle. You stop pouring and you lose that half inch of wine. And that's fine. No, it isn't. Get all <laughs> the wine, people. But, Squeeze it out. Do it through a, wa- do it through a coffee filter and then ring it out ring it out but over your mouth just ah, <laughs> so ring it look- into your friend's mouth this <laughs> is what happened to the beard and like in our last episode when we talked about how she he had to drink white wine because she was sick of seeing red stains in his beard now we we have now figured we know it out why. it took us a whole extra two weeks to two figure weeks it out to get the, to figure that out man and those romans they sent the, us on an archaeological insane <laughs> they certainly are and were in two um, weeks from now we'll be like Remember the Phoenicians in 1900 when they moved grapes to the peninsula of Spain? That's why they used coffee filters. And everyone will be like, they're drunk. Uh, We should point out that what what Jen just said is true. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Some of the history. I like to get some of the facts and then make up the rest. At this point, we're doing drunk history. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) That's fine. No, it was uh, the earliest... The earliest evidence of grapevines in Spain was approximately 1900 BC. Yeah. That's, and it would have. That was also before Ash Wednesdays. Yeah, B- yeah there BC. Was, yeah, before. It was not just before Christ, Ash but there was, there was no Ash Wednesday yeah. until there was a D. No. Until there was a D. No. The, yes. the, well, it was the during. It was the. Right. JL section, the Jesus Lives section. <laughs> That we that the Ash Wednesdays that's when the would have been thunk of. after the after the donkey riding through yeah. with the palms on the Sunday. Okay, so you know oh, what's nice about Ash Wednesday is the day before when we eat all the pancakes for Fat Tuesday because then we're supposed to give everything up for the Wednesday. And I would drink this whole bottle with a stack of pancakes. I think you should drink. Is this, this a whole real bottle? pairing? No, but why not? I think uh, with a savory pancake. Oh my God, I'll put bacon in my pancakes. Put bacon in your pancakes, or if you want to go a little more European and make your thin pancakes, crepes. Oh, my crepes. My brother makes a delightful crepe. Isn't that funny? You what pair a it with, uh, with some jamon iberico, mm. some serrano ham. Like, this would be killer with jamon iberico. I mean, most okay, yeah, things if, are killer with jamon iberico. I was going to say, first of all, can't go wrong. But second of all, if somebody walked in here with a lovely charcuterie, um, I was trying to say it like every, the kids are saying it now. Shark, shark, shark coochie. Tray. Yeah, which is stupid. Stop it. <laughs> kids, grandma shark says, tray. this grand reserve says knock it off. So, but if somebody just handed me right now a plate of like uh, Serrano ham and maybe some nice hard cheese. I would go for a manchego, an aged yeah, manchego. Yeah, a nice salty. Yeah, salty sheep mm, cheese. That would be- or shall I say. Bah. Bah. This fantastic. This would be yeah, <laughs> also in Minnesota, but this would be so good uh, with either of those things or any sort of like. I mean, this would be nice with a nice pork chop. 
Yeah, yeah, pork probably roast pork, especially if it's oh got, my god, yeah, uh, especially with some sage or rosemary in there, like those mm. really herbal flavors. Uh, it would go good with that. Any sort of fatty meat, fatty so, meat, steak, a grilled carne asada kind of steak. Ooh, this would be delicious with that. Um, so what we're saying is bring this right into your neighborhood Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> Take this to the Chipotle's. <laughs> uh, just get a carne asada. Just get to just get it in. Get it in a tortilla, no tortilla. It doesn't matter. Get it in your salad. Get whatever you want. And then just drink this wine. It's illegal. Don't do it. Um, but yeah, fatty meat would be good. A nice hard, salty cheese, I feel like, would be nice. Even a like a hefty vegetable dish. Like for yeah. people that for people who are all like, man, meat's bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I would lean. I feel more like it would towards, have to be hearty. Yeah, like a portobello steak. Like yeah, oh yeah, which I think is gross because mushroom. But bleh. let's say you were eating that, yeah, like a nice portobello, ugh. or some sort of like maybe a nice risotto with like lots of mushrooms and or herbs. Paella. Or a paella, yeah, 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 with all them Heavy on the fishies. saffron and stuff. So the, the point is, Rioja is highly parable. It can it go with highly, a yeah. lot. Of, yeah, it can go with a lot of stuff. Everything from pancakes to paella, kids. <laughs> the two peas. Yep, pancakes that's, that's, and paella. Oh, if we man, ever write a cookbook, a pair. If we ever, if we ever pair a cookbook with this blog, it's going to be called "From Pancakes to Paella." Wine is delicious. You know what is not delicious? Wine cookies, Sean. I made wine cookies this week. You I did, shared them with yeah. you. They were gross, ladies and gentlemen. Don't um, make them. My my husband came into the bedroom eating one the other day. That's not uh, a euphemism. He's no, actually no, no, eating no, one of my just, wine uh, cookies. Standard domestic life here. I was still in bed reading the news, and he had been up for some time playing video games. Uh, Normal stuff. Walked in with the cookie in hand. I don't think he had taken a bite yet. He was kind of leaning against the door and he took a bite and he goes, huh. First of all, they yeah, looked like, <laughs> yep, yep. I, I warned them when I gave them away that they were gross. Um, I had seen on an Instagram, not everything you see on Instagram is true. You should, of course, follow our Instagrams, both our personal and our bottled up one. Uh, but you probably already do. But the, um, or on a Facebook or, you know, read the blog. But the point you is. Know, any of those things. Our stuff is true, but I found this wine cookie recipe from a lady just on Instagram, and I was like, I'm going to try and make those. Um, I didn't even, there was no directions. I made up the directions. Like, there was no, like, put it in the fridge for half an hour, which later I realized probably would have benefited from that with the dough. A little bit. But it really, if you've ever thought to yourself to just boil a glass of red wine (laughs) and olive oil... Uh, just an olive oil, a red wine olive oil tincture, perhaps. Huh. That's and then shoved it in a cookie. They looked like Barney the dinosaur turds because they were purple. Um, you, you lovingly shaped them like biscotti. I did well because you're supposed to dunk them. You're supposed yeah. to dunk them in more wine. I feel like the ones you showed me from the Instagram kind of they were looked, round. They, yeah, which they didn't looked, make sense. They looked to like me. piles of purple poo. Yeah, how do you dunk a round thing? What kind of glass am I drinking out of with this? No. Stupid. Not dunking in a ball jar here. Listen, dumb. <laughs> I didn't do it. So anyway, but this maybe I'll, I won't use this one because I'm going to drink it all. But if there was, say, a little bit left, I might turn it into a cookie, but with a different recipe. Different recipe, and I would go heavy on the sugar. This heavy is not, on this the is sugar. not a sweet wine. This is very, no. very dry. No, yeah, yeah. But it might, sometimes when you cook, make like... 
yeah, the sweetness she- is going to cook off anyway. So maybe. Listen, I don't know. They're gross cookies. People don't make them. That's my point right now. Don't well, we're do going to try. We're, I'll keep trying. I'll share pictures. Well, I'll put pictures. of. I took pictures of the cookies because I take pictures of everything. So I took pictures of the cookies, which I will put on the Instagram later. So you people believe me when I say get on the Instagram and check out our fun posts. We do a lot of silly stuff about the wines we're drinking. Um, I don't know if they would guess that from the um, podcast. <laughs> uh but if you, if you guys, if our, if our faithful listeners out there have been cooking with wine, or we want to know about it. Or if you make art with wine, I know some <gasps> people who paint with wine. Oh uh, my gosh! Let I, us I know saw about it. There was an episode of Criminal Minds where he painted with blood. <laughs> Different, but same <laughs> color. I assume the same same color structure. Yeah, I, no, we just we just want to hear from you. It's really fun to. Um, to, to hear from the people that are listening to us and to maybe you have questions that I will make up answers for. One time, Sean, uh, my brother, who's very serious and very answers serious questions man. with yes. very th- a lot of thoughtfulness. I asked my brother when he got engaged, I said, how did you do it? And he started the discussion by talking about white gold versus regular gold. And I was like, put Kelly on the phone. Okay. Um, I'm done. <laughs> but he's, 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 he's great at math. He's the more serious one. And so my nephew, when he was about three, uh, three or four, we were visiting my grandparents' home and there was a, an, a boat outside, uh, just a trashed old boat that my grandfather had left there for 20 years. Anyway, you know, at that point, it's a lawn feature. Sure, totally. And it was. It was just missing some flamingo legs <laughs> and or a gnome hat or both. Anyway, but oh. my, my nephew asked my brother, how do boats go? And approximately 40 minutes later. Oh, wow. <laughs> jet propulsion was discussed. It was the correct answer. Is what I'm saying. He was excited to answer it. He knew the real answers. He knew about every acid in the wine bottle, Sean. I'm doing a big wink. But like he knew all the stuff and he answered it. And then my four-year-old nephew looked at me and said, Auntie Jen, how do boats go? And I said, do you see those holes on the side? Gnomes live there. And when the boat goes in the water, they fart. And the fart bubbles move the boat. And my nephew giggled, as nephews are wont. And then he turned to our mother and he said, Nana, if you want the real answer, you ask dad but if you want the fun answer you ask auntie jen and my mother was like he's got you two down um and i feel like that's a little bit where like ask us questions folks i'll tell you it was gnomes farting in a bottle and sean will be like no it was lactic acid knock it off it was Uh, lactic fermentation let's come on it's not ferment isn't it transgender what was there was conversion i knew there was a, a word you liked better than fermentation see i pay attention You've learned so much in these 10 weeks that we've been making. <laughs> Can you imagine podcast? if I gave a lecture right now? Malolactic acid is transgender. Uh, what? What? Where oh, no. did she study? Make her stop talking. Uh, maybe you should get some grape juice in your beard. You can get it out by switching to white wine. I would have all the answers. I, I think we should do an episode where you teach me about wine. I, listen, and I make fart jokes. Don't think that I don't. I can Google like a mofo. So <laughs> you can't ask anything, but the I people think... could ask us questions via our varying social media sites and we can both answer and you can get the fun, correct answer that we give you in when in your ear holes. Yeah. Ask but us tight. questions. We'll, you know, we're always kind of, we walk into the wine store and we go, okay, what should we talk about this week? And Jen goes, I don't know. That label's pretty. And yeah. Like, Great. That was let's, like a real reenactment uh, right there. Let's uh, shape this episode around Rioja. 
Yeah. No, it's good because I think, but I also think that what's great about that and what those of you listening might find great about that, if I do say so ourselves, is that that's how most of us walk into the wine store. Somebody knows a little bit and is like, yeah, we're having paella. Let's get a Spanish wine. And somebody else says, okay, but this label, because it's the prettiest. Yeah. And then they go, what, how much do we want to spend? So like, I think that that's how lots of people do it. And I think think if they can, if they can be armed with a few more facts when they go in, they'll know to get this beautiful Rioja that we've been drinking. It's a lot of fun. Decant it a little bit before they drink mm-hmm. it because it real unless they want to do the journey unless you want to go on a journey with your wine uh but you gotta have some patience you do because i gotta say usually at this point in the episode jen and i have had uh three quarters of a bottle of wine mm-hmm. um and, and we I've have had, not this time i've had a glass yeah that's different i mean we're gonna keep drinking friends so don't worry but <laughs> don't um worry. yeah fear not fear not we will finish this bottle separately and together uh but it is definitely you know now you can Hopefully, pick your Spanish wine with a little more confidence. And then when, can we have guests? We can't have guests. When you're drinking with friends from afar, like six feet away, you can tell them things about the wine. You can tell them about how the gnome farted in this. And that's (laughs) why the Phoenicians brought Monastrel to Spain. It's per monastat. Wait, when did we talk about that? Uh, Monastrel, that's another grape. It's another Spanish grape, and it's another episode. And with Thank that... God, yes. <laughs> we, can't, we can't do that now, kids. You'll all be exhausted. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for tuning in and listening to this episode of Bottled Up. I'm Sean. I'm Jen. Cheers. Well, cheers. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode of Bottled Up. If you had fun or liked what you heard, please make sure to like, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Those likes and subscribes are huge at pushing us up the podcast list and getting us more listeners and then more sponsors and better wine that we can tell you about. If you want to get in touch and tell us about your favorite Spanish wines, you can find us on Facebook at Bottled Up Podcast, Instagram at Bottled underscore Up underscore Podcast, or on our website, BottledUpPodcast.blog. Bottled Up is produced in Astoria, New York by me, Sean Linehan, and my amazing co-host is Jen Waring. Information on this episode's music can be found in the show notes. Until next time, stay safe, stay warm, and drink up.